So Hollywood has shut down. There is massive ticket sales for both Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day. The boys invade Call of Duty. And we get the iconic Wolverine suit. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Lights, Camera Rant. As you always know, before we fully dive into this episode, there's always one thing we do first. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. I never get tired of it. Doesn't matter how many times it comes past, I never get tired of it. So, hi everyone and welcome back. Uh, everyone, for anyone who's new, welcome. For anyone who's come back weekly, always a pleasure. You know where to sit and you know where to pull up a drink. So, as always, we're currently streaming live on both YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, between Twitch and Kick, we're going to keep alternating. Uh, in the past week as well, I really want to do a big shout out to everybody. Uh, big thank you. We hit, uh, 400 subscribers on YouTube, which is hell yes. Thank you very, very much for everyone who's supported so far. And the goal is, uh, a thousand by the end of the year, uh, which, you know, if we hit it, fantastic. If we don't, we're going to keep grinding until, until we do. That's the main thing. Um, but what, uh, like, I know I say this kind of thing, like every single week and you know me, I get excited over small things, big things. It doesn't matter. But this week we've got some really good news. We got some exciting leaks. We got some new trailers and then we've just got some shocking news too. That's a bit like, oh shit. That's, uh. Oof, not good at all, which uh, we will dive into, because uh, as you guys know, we get into the news, and we'll give it to reviews, which for this particular episode, we've got the latest episode of The Secret Invasion, Beloved, uh, that came out this past week, and we're also going to be reviewing the brand new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, uh, which we have to wait a year until we get Part 2, done, uh, but... Without further delay, let's get into this episode, which let's start off with the most impactful thing as a consumer that I can talk about. So two weeks ago, writers went on strike with everything that's happened, which we were discussing. And we're like, we understand that, why they've gone on strike, the rise in AI, cost of living, they worry pay more. That's, that's understandable. But now, on top of that, in the past week, uh, the Australia, uh, Australia, no, the Actors Guild have also gone on strike and are currently striking right now, which means that both with the actors and writers, we basically have Hollywood is shut down. It, the manufacturing is done. Unless the film, I do believe, unless it's in post-production, it's, it's done. Uh, it's, it's currently on pause. Any movie right now is currently on pause. With everything going on, which we had seen with uh, the premiere at Oppenheimer, the leading cast that all walked out in support of uh, the strike, 
And apparently I was actually reading that the last time the writers and uh, actors went on strike uh, was about 1970, 1960, when they both were on strike at the same time. Um, it's Look, they should be supported. They should get paid well. They should get credited. They should get everything for what they do and for what they produce, you know. You know, you put your heart and soul into something and you want to be recognized for it, especially you know, being a writer or an uh, actor, especially if your name is up there in the on the big screen, on the poster. You know, you want to get that recognition, which is fair for your hard work, which you deserve. Uh, but it's just, it's not looking good right now. Hollywood is at a standstill. And I was talking to well, my mates last night and I said to him, look, the hard thing is, they should get everything. They should be supported, like I, like hundred percent. Like that's preach, 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 preach. The people that hurts the most is us, us as the consumers, because uh, all your favorite TV shows are going to be delayed. There's going to be, depending on how long this strike goes, we're going to feel a straight down of either content and delays. Ever since post COVID. Which I feel, uh, we are currently at episode 112. And I feel that ever since getting out of COVID, actually no, and during COVID, I'd say 95% of my episodes, I've had to announce a delay of some sort. A delay in a TV show, a delay in a video game, a delay in a movie. Uh, barely ever have I said, hey, this got released on time. Oh, this release got pulled forward. It's just been delayed, 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 delayed. And this is just adding on top of it. It is Hollywood. As I said, it is a standstill. It is a up shit creek at, at a paddle until everyone can come on board and get what they deserve. Now, currently right now, a big thing is obviously people coming forward, people talking, and some people are not making the right comments and which i was quite surprised about this particular one so uh bob Iger, the ceo of disney came out publicly and said the fact that apparently what actors and writers are asking for are unrealistic expectations oh my god shut up that is not helping your case especially in your position that is not helping at all. And as soon as he said that, like, it was a whole speech of things. He also said that apparently because of Marvel uh, has produced too much content, it's diluted the content, which to me, I'm a bit like, I don't think, uh, yes, we've been spoiled with the Disney Plus shows and and the movies. I don't, I've never felt like this is too much. Like this is, whoa, this is a lot for me. But then again, it could be very different for the casual consumer. Uh, how are they feeling about the whole thing? It could be too much. And me as a fan, was I can say it for a whole bunch of other people, like, but now, like, as soon as the show ends, like, we're excited for the next one. We're excited for keep going, like, as the as the diehard fans. Um, but yeah, he's coming about it being diluted. I was a bit like, oh, that's, um, I don't know if that was the right comment again. Uh, he also said that apparently with everything going on, which I think will most likely be a response to the everything with the actors and the writers, 
that there will be less Star Wars and Marvel content, which boo you, sir. Boo you. It's like, no, I want I don't want more content. I like the content we're getting right now. Three movies, three shows, four shows. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that and I, I think it's fine. Like I just But then again, I'm not a casual viewer. I'm a die hand person who's yeah, I got pub figurines of Marvel characters and also has a lightsaber, two lightsabers, and and is massive and his entire podcast show was built from this fandom. So I'm built differently, <laughs> to say the least. But right now it is these comments from uh Bob are not very good. They're not gonna shine very well. They haven't re- been responded well. Well of course not. So like, it's one of those moments where I read that and I just thought myself, like, you, whoever your PR person, they're probably stressing right now going, shut the hell up. Just don't. It would have been better for you to support them, not not add fuel to the fire and be like, yeah, let's gasoline this more. Let's bring it up more. What's the worst that could happen? I don't know, more delays on your content. Now, a big thing that obviously sparked this was because the, one of the big things was AI. And I can't remember the website you can go to, but there's a website where, you know, if you input your voice, um, it, the AI will talk with your voice. Uh, not to mention, there is also more concerns still into what happened with um, uh, Peter Cushions with Star Wars, uh, Princess Leia, you know, your likeness being able to use in multiple films. So who has the rights to that? Which I think David Attenborough, I think he sold his voice, or he, or yeah, I think he sold his voice to Discovery or to Disney. That if he passes, they could still use his voice uh, for all the documentaries, which is kind of weird to be honest. Like, like I, if it's a special event, something like that, fully understand. But uh, I don't know. Watching a trailer, I'm like, hey, that. Per- Hey, that person's not alive. But then again, as we all know, when you watch a comedy and you hear, and that's not performed at a live stage and you hear everyone laughing, you're like, oh yeah, they're dead laughs. Oh, sorry if that's a spoiler. Yes. So if you watch a comedy, uh, sitcom or TV show, and it's not in front of a live audience and you hear these generic laughs in the background, yeah, it's from a dead audience. So that it not, not eight times out of 10 is from a dead audience that you're listening to. Just like when you look at the stars and you remember because of how long light travels. The stars that you wish upon are usually uh, dead because uh, of how long light travels. But anyway, I don't want to destroy your dreams too much and get off topic. So, like, the best thing I could say is, as I said, uh, Hollywood is shut down. Hollywood, the, man- the production has come to a rare old until they pay their employees what they bloody deserve. And until then, as I mentioned, us as the consumers, we just have to sit there, sit back and just suffer and you know people are like oh no we should support like i support them i 100 support them they 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 should get paid what they deserve but bob needs to shut the hell up and with these comments i'm like i just you know i know how much he's done for disney and how much he's done for marvel how much he's done for star wars like that's all fantastic i just feel like this comment was the right thing to say this right time which I think a lot of people will agree with me that is the case. But 
but that's that's the hard hard truth smack that's going on the, the pressing side of things. But let's move on to something a little bit more lighter, which thanks to these leaked set photos, we get the comic book accurate Wolverine suit, yellow, bright yellow, bright blue, uh, dark bluish suit that we use from these set photos that we have seen, which looks great. And uh, the one of the most curious things is uh, in the background, I can't remember if I was mentioning this the other week, but uh, the fact that in the background you can see the 20th century logo. If you're serious, in the background, these leaked set photos. So here's a big plot that uh, I can't remember who I saw on Instagram saying that they predict this line. So what it's going to be is that Deadpool is currently being chased by the TVA. Currently right now, Deadpool, where he's being Wolverine, is from that, uh, wasn't Purgatory. And in Loki Season 2, when he, he got pruned and he saw all, all bunch of other Lokis, that's where he's right now trying to get Wolverine to help him. Uh, and then there's a whole other thing, is that there's a comic book out there called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. It is potentially that they take that concept into this movie in which Deadpool is killing the Fox X-Men so they all go to uh, the MCU uh, X-Men overall. And that's what the kind of the mission is. I'm so down. Yes, take my freaking money if this is true. This is going to be insane. This movie is getting more hyped. Uh, just by these like, set photos, it's you know, people are like, oh, I didn't want to see it. I'm like, nah. Bring it on. This this is awesome that we still got to see this suit. And looks great. And it's going to even look better when, you know, we get the claws. You see the big screen. Whether or not he's actually going to have his face mask um, is obviously out for debate because you can see it in the set photos. But these set photos almost, A, got you excited, Leak, raised more questions, and got you more excited for this movie. However... This is the kicker, which I say I lie. This is probably one of the uh, bad things about this. This movie, just a couple of weeks ago announced they got brought forward, is coming out sooner. Unfortunately, because of the actors destroying, uh, filming has, production has, halted. So, as much as we were like, yay, this movie's coming out sooner, because everything is happening right now, is mostly pushed back to its original date, pen pending. Pretty much, like you don't know. I, I oh shit. And it isn't looking good. Uh, however, in a recent interview with Kevin Feige, he did mention the fact that look, real short version, saying the fact that I do hope that all something agreement can become can come together very quickly. Everyone's happy, and we get back on track. He said that our team are no strangers to delays, multiple different factors, production issues. They're no fact. They're no uh, delay to it. So they will adjust. They will adjust for it um, moving forward. So that's obviously we know it's the case. Which uh, with lately in the last two years, Marvels has not been shy from delays, production issues. People going to court, people getting more allegations, people going forward saying, complaining about Marvel uh, animators. And anyway, unfortunately, 
as much as I would say uh, for every Deadpool Marvel fan, is you look at this and you're like, yay. And it's just like, oh, yeah. It's not moving anymore. Oh. Most likely you push back, which is sh- shit, but understandable. Uh, but for gaming, for gaming uh, fanatics, we, the boys have entered the war zone. So Black Noir, Noir, Homelander, Starlight have entered Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone, which you can play right now. The trailer that got released in the past week looks fantastic. And one of the really cool things is that you can actually get um, a drop... Oh, no, no, I was about to say Dropbox. Uh, you'd be able to get Compound V if you're just where you're not playing these characters, Compound V, and you actually get powers... So Modern Warfare Warzone is gone insane on this. This looks fantastic. This, this is a matchup I would have gone, oh, you know what would be really good in Warzone? The boys. Yep. I, I that, that sold. You know, it's always like you look at Fortnite and there's some characters pop in there you would never think. Like, just remember, John Wick was in Fortnite. That's, that's what I'm going to tell you. But yes, that's available to play right now. Uh, the boys have entered. I, I don't believe there'll probably be any other characters except for these three. Uh, but the trailer looks fantastic, and I can't wait uh, to see what people do and the videos that's going to come from it. But speaking of the boys, we've also got a brand new teaser trailer. Very small. Um, hopefully, I do believe a bigger trailer will come out uh, this week or next. Is that the boys Gen V? Now, this is the spin-off of the boys. This is essentially uh, high school. Like what happens when kids go through high school who have powers. Uh, very similar. It's probably a grittier version to Sky High. If anyone remembers that movie. And the interesting thing is that when I saw this, I was excited. Like I'm, I'm so down to enter the boys universe. But see, this this TV show is coming out in September. Now, the concerning thing to me is I doubt they're going to have this come out and The Boys, uh, Season 4. I doubt they're both going to come out within the same month, which makes me think, it was, well, are we going to get The Boys in December or are they going to push it to you know, Feb release next year, generally when the new shows come out. Uh, so... Again, this is kind of like, this is good news for the boys fans that we will be in this TV show, but this also is concerning that we need the boys' proper season is going to be being pushed back a little bit further. So, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's like, again, it's one of those situations. I feel bad because the last piece of news I've given you guys, everything's come with a yay and an A. Yeah, Dipple uh, delayed. Uh, uh, the boys, but the boys season spinoff is coming. So that's a little bit harder as well, but it's coming out this September. So I'm really hoping October or November, we will hope in September, we do get a proper release date for the brand new boys TV uh, season. And we also get a finally get a release date for Invincible season two. God damn it. That feels like I've been waiting for that forever. Uh, stay on gaming news. We've also EA has announced they are making a single-player Black Panther game. Uh, that will be a fully immersive game. This is completely separate to the other game that's coming out with Captain America and Black Panther. This is separate again. 
uh, they will be working, they are working on this to make it a full-fledged world, immersive world into the Black Panther universe. Now, currently we have that game, we have a single-player Iron Man game, and then we have Captain America and Black Panther game, I think they believe set in World War II. Both of those are currently in the works. However, this brand new Black Panther game has no release date. So I'd say at this stage, 2025, do you hear what I'd say? If the other game is going now so short ago, I'd say, yeah, you could probably look at 2025 for this game. Uh, but not to stress, don't forget, we're getting Spider-Man, we're getting the Wolverine, uh, we've got these coming, so we are still getting plenty of the play of Marvel games, it's just going to take a little bit, lo- oh, it's going to be a little bit longer from when they all come out, because these games get announced, it's like, hey, it's coming, when's the release date? Yeah, uh, uh, we'll tell you later, a lot later, a lot later, pretty much, but. Black Panther fans, uh, we can better get a new game. <laughs> also, so this is what I was talking about when, at the very start of this episode, is that AMC, AMC theaters in America have announced or mentioned or I guess announced, I guess it's an announcement. So out of all the members they have of these theater, of this theater chain, 20,000 people have book tickets for both Barbie and Oppenheimer on exactly the same day. So that will work out to be about five and a half hours of movie content. So you'll be seeing either people in dark brown suits going into bright pink Barbie or bright pink people going into a dark green Oppenheimer movie back and forth. There is going to be a sea of pink and brown for these two movies that are coming out this week. Uh, it's going to be insane. I've got my tickets for Oppenheimer. I need to still get my tickets for Barbie. It is, I tell you, the next month, the rest of this year, it is bang, 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 bang. Uh, with movies, TV shows, everything. Uh, it feels like we're just like, oh, don't forget, this is coming out of this for the Blaze State. This is coming out of like, holy shit. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I'll make, me, make sure you forget that everything else is shut down. <laughs> uh, but yeah. 20,000 people about to go back to back with Barbie and Oppenheimer on the release date, uh, which are both shaping up to look like fantastic films. And it's a great time to be a, a movie fan and go to the cinema. 100% go and go see these movies. Um, I don't know whether or not I'll be, right, I'll be wearing bright pink uh, for, uh, for going into the Barbie movie, but if you would like me to wear bright pink when I do the review, please let me know in the comments, or drop me a DM. I will take it under consideration and tempted to get a light to come around. Pink shirt, maybe. <laughs> uh, but are you one of those people that double booked yourselves to go see these movies back-to-back? I'm excited. Can you not wait to see them? Please let me know. Now, also, moving on to also continue with superhero news, we're getting more casting news for Superman Legacy, uh, which we have seen that we we have Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Uh, where he will have the bold haircut. Uh, we've also got uh, Hawkgirl and Mr. Minister. They're also going to be appearing in this movie um, with uh, Isabella Rural. I think that's her. She will be appearing in that, as well as Eddie Gathie or... Probably Bush these terrible. 
Uh, they will be playing those particular characters. For anyone who does know, don't forget Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Ed. Eddie. Ed. <laughs> uh, his last superhero movie, for, uh, last superhero, he was in X-Men First Class. Unfortunately, he was one of the uh, X-Men that uh, cast it quite quickly um, due to Shaw taking his powers and putting it into his body and into a million pieces uh, everywhere. Uh, unfortunately, that is what happened to him. So, with this casting news, and we've also got, I do apologize for his name, but we've got Mr. Morphia, Metamorphia. He will also be appearing in this movie as well. So, we're getting more casting news for Superman Legacy, which is shaping the entire movie. Now, out of all this casting choice, Nathan Philly is the least surprising. Uh, because, A, he was in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, B, he was one of his good friends with James Gunn. And C, he's actually played the Green Lantern before in animated movies. Um, so it will uh, be really good. Do I wish it was John Stewart, um, Green Lantern? I do. Like, don't get me wrong, nearly. Nathan Fillion is a fantastic actor. C, as a Green Lantern, yes, take my money. But I think I just would have preferred, yeah, John Stewart over, uh, Nancy Fillion's Green Lantern. Just, just my opinion. Uh, but don't forget Superman Legacy 2025. Also, we got a brand new trailer for Ahsoka. Uh, that's really good. We've also got a brand new poster for it, which I really do like as well. And we will get this. We will see a lot of returning characters from Star Wars Rebels. Hype for this is real. Uh, real. Re yeah, real. Um, so really pumped for this. Uh, the trailers just increased my hype. And don't forget, August 23rd. Yes, <laughs> I just had to double check. August 3rd that it's coming out. And same thing with Secret Invasion. We will be reviewing this episode by episode. And because of Ahsoka, it will lean, bleed straight into, I think there's two episodes. I think, yeah, two episodes. Two episodes where uh, it bleeds straight over to when we're getting Loki Season 2. Uh streaming as well, which, you know, interesting enough, we haven't got a poster or a trailer for Lucky Season 2 yet. I'm assuming that we're going to be waiting until when Secret Invasion ends, which we've only got two more weeks of that. But, you guys tell me, are you excited for Ahsoka? Are you, or are you like, nah, like it's, um, it's because it's not, it's, uh, I'd rather another, I'd rather Andor, um, or I'd rather something else. Kind of, it's kind of scary to think that we nearly one year past where when we got the Obi Wan TV show. That's like I saw a post about that the other day. I was like, "Oh my god, the time is flying! Like it's already July. Before you know, I'm going to be talking about Christmas specials, Halloween specials. Uh, but Soka is coming very soon. It is right around the corner. We also got a brand new trailer for the prequel. A movie called Wonka with Timothy Chalamet. I, I think that's a movie, that's a name I did not butcher. <laughs> um, that is coming on December the fifteenth. Which from this trailer we can see the fact we will see him trying to open his first chocolate uh, shop factory at the very start. There's going to be singing, as we already know. Uh, looks very whimsical. We also get uh, Hugh Grant as the Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> As an Oompa Loompa, Jesus, that's a bit bad. As an Oompa Loompa, um, which 
CGI actually didn't look too bad. Um, when you, I hear it start hearing the theme again, I was like, that takes me back. So this is taking a, this is taking a prequel straight uh, from the original 1972 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, which from the trailer, it looks, yeah, it looks very like a beat musical, looks kind of funny. Uh, but yes, this is just called Wonka. I'd uh, like to say, uh, yep. Mr. Mark My Words has just appeared on YouTube. Thank you very much, Karen Past. You are a saint and a god and a scholar, good man. Uh, which this man is actually, he, at this current rate, I'm pretty sure he's also going to be crossing up the 400 in a couple of days' time. And don't forget, this man is also streaming every Tuesdays and Thursdays. He comes out with content every single day. The man is outstanding, and the sky is the limit. There's a good plug for you. We mark my miss, mark my words. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Wonka is coming out, and this is coming out at the same time. Which I was talking to one of my mates the other day about this is that this is coming out December the fifteenth, and they were meant to get Ghostbusters five the week after, and then we're also meant to get twenty second or twenty third is Re uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. And Aquaman 2. So December is shaped shape to really be a really big, busy month. Uh, between just those four movies. Like, that's a lot. Uh, like, as I mentioned in the re uh, mentioned last week, um, Rebel Moon is going to be at the new Star Wars uh, from Zack Snyder. So, but yeah, are you excited for the new, new Willy Wonka movie? Like, are you like, yeah, or you're just like, oh, I will just wait when it comes out and nothing else in between. <laughs> um, now, for this one, now I know a lot of people have been wishing and waiting for this. It is reported that James Karen has mentioned the fact that he is currently working on Alita Battle Angel sequel. Now, it feels like the sequel has been in limbo for so long. Um, I can't actually remember when the first Alita... 2022? No, no, 2019. Uh, oh my god, 2019. Alita Battle Angel came out in 2019. Uh, right before... Yeah, right before COVID hit. <laughs> I don't know how all that ha happened. So, currently, Alita Battle Angel has a 7.3 out of 10 IMDb. Now, a lot of people have been clamoring for a sequel and re really been wanting it. It's kind of been in limbo. And it definitely left off right at the end that a, you know, it can, a sequel can happen uh, to lead forward with Edward Norton being uh, the bad guy at the end, which really, he looks really weird. Um... But yeah, so James Karen has mentioned that that sequel is in the works, so it's no official announcement. He's just writing the sequel, and that's it. Um, he's just writing it, nothing else in between. So depending on how he goes with his writing, in between all the Avatar shit, um, I'd say maybe 2026, 2027, probably nearly about nine to eight years after the first one, so you never know. But again, what's the name? Me, if they make, if they don't make a sequel, I won't be phased. But if they do make one, I'll be right there with everybody else watching it because the first one really did actually get me. I was like, hey, that, hey, that was pretty good. Um, 
that was pretty good. So Aaliyah's looking good, and that is also in the works, ladies and gentlemen. It is. So that is that is the biggest news that's happened in the past week. And look, we will be reporting. Uh, we will be reporting what's going to happen with the. Uh, sorry, the strike. We will be reporting on that every single day as news comes out. Just like everybody else, fingers crossed that they do come to a resolution quite quickly. I do wish. And uh, hey, Travis, uh, coming past on the YouTube. Hope you're doing well. Still haven't seen the original Lita. All I know is Edward Norton. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Edward Norton arrives at the end for like the last two seconds. It's, It's pretty much the scene. I'm pretty sure it's just like. Hey, you think you're up to there, to there, there's where the bad guy is. Edward Norton just looks down, smiles, being like, cut. That's it. Visually, Alita Battle Angel is beautiful to look at. Um, it's stunning. The animation, everything they did for that was just fantastic, which is why it got such a big following. And not to mention from the comics that an anime it's based on. So... That's looking pretty, yeah. Alita is well worth the watch. It is a Saturday night flick just to chuck on. Uh, but going into Marvel's Secret Invasion, Episode 5, Beloved. Look, Italian, do not, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, do not sleep on Marvel's Secret Invasion. It is ripping, it is fantastic. But there's people that are like, oh, I know, Marvel, Marvel's a big deal. You sound like you shut up and just go watch the show. That's it. Just shut up, go watch the show, and come back to me. And then be like, oh, I didn't really just enjoy it for what it is. This is ripping. It's gritty. This is the model of Move Night, Captain America Winter Soldier. It is that type of basis. And this show, sorry, this last episode really hit it. You know, we get, a, at the beginning of this episode, we get a really, like, intense scene between Nick Fury and Priscilla, his wife. We find out that Rhodey is a scroll, War Machine is a scroll. Now, there is no mention of the fact how long, obviously, he has been a scroll, or, you know, how long he's been like this. So, be bef- I haven't taken in all the people going, oh, I know, he's been a scroll since I'm into, and all of them are like, oh, nah, 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 let's just... We don't know when the scroll got to him. It could have been the scroll got to him after uh, Endgame. You know, it could have gone right, right there and then. So it could have been then that's when they got him. But Rhodey is indeed a prediction. Rhodey is indeed a scroll. And we, at the beginning of this episode, we get a really intense scene between Priscilla and Nick Fury. We get another flashback of Nick Fury after 2012. A little bit of poetry uh, between the two characters. And then, obviously, we get a stare down with both of them. They're about to shoot each other because Priscilla has to kill Nick Fury. And it was, I have to be, like, like I know it's just a show, obviously, and, you know, don't drive too deep into it, as everyone says. But there is a scene where she said, she's, uh, Priscilla's talking to Rhodey. It's like, this isn't Nick Fury the old. This is a Nick Fury that looks like he's going to pass out from exhaustion and keel over. And I was like, and like Nick, like Nick Fury's listening to it, it was like, "Oh, that's a bit rough." 
like he's listening to like, you're old and slow and struggle and I was like shit yeah that's that's a bit rough <laughs> well yeah bit rough the old bugger so we get that scene and with Nick Fury and Priscilla both looking at each other and then suddenly they both shoot and then you have a look so you can see that Nick Fury missed Priscilla and it takes a little while and it turns around and you see that Priscilla also missed Nick Fury. And it's it's a nice thing because it shows that Nick Fury does love her, um, does love it, and it does love her. It's an intense scene. But as it's going across, like as it's slowing down, he's she does this really important thing, which is like, would you have loved me if I didn't change? Uh you know, would you love if I didn't change and didn't look like this and Nick Fury Chaser goes I guess we'll never know and she looks a bit gutted by that and I'm like oh that's a bit rough but it still shows that he's loved and he does love her which is why he didn't kill her uh Travis during the scene where Taylor stabbed Gravik oh yeah spoilers 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 left right and center um spoilers 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 is uh, during the scene where Taylor stabs Gravik's hand and leaves the restaurant, get, get outside this. Now there's space between Gravik catching up. Perhaps I go, I guess, that's interesting. Did Gaia help Talos get extremists? Because, yes, insane that Gaia does live. Uh, she does live. Uh, we get the really cool Undertaker scene, which you're from the grave. Uh, because she took the extremists, which I now I'm thinking, I was like, I guess they could just use extremists to bring Talos back, but at the same time, where does the extremists bring back the dead? Uh, I don't know how that's going to be. Well, that's true. Yeah, as Travis said also on YouTube, the next episode ending with Talos healing, save a fight for the final. Yeah, I could hands down, hands down, I could see that happening. Um, that that you will see who healing and the big fight at the end because that's the thing Nick Fury can't fight uh, Gravik because he hasn't got any powers which this episode had a massive action set piece which I love there was explosions gun- like this was an awesome set piece so we get, as episode progresses you find out that Gravik with, with the other scrolls are impersonating Russians to go attack the president of America, thanks to Rhodey being the Skrull, and uh, to impersonate to again begin World War Three, as we can see. So, as this attack goes on, uh, as as it's happening, we said we see to see Gravik use the group powers and obviously kill someone. And as it also still continues, Taylor gets shot. He's helping to get the president out of the car. He's struggling. And to get out there, when they finally do get the president out of the car, Taylor is carrying... Uh, was it a, a, guy, a military guy is carrying Taylor as the Fury is carrying the president. And as the Fury puts the president in the car, he turns around... And the military guy is still holding Talos, which you realize, of course, it's Gravik. Which Gravik goes right on the chest and stabs Talos, which he falls to the ground. 
Nick Fury shoots Gravik once and twice, which we get an awesome, like, Terminator 2 scene, like, where the bullet goes through the mouth, and Gravik turns around and, and heals him, and you're like, and you just, like, I pretty much, Nick Fury's, like, reaction was my reaction to it. I was like, oh my, holy shit. Like, that's, that is an awesome scene. And with, also, Jay Travis, hey, hey, man, thank you so much for commenting every single time. I really like this. Wild Theory. Wild Theory. But with the attack on Russia, home of the Red Gang Atlanta, and the vanishing of Agent Ross, Valtteri's ex-husband, Pastor, Hey, perhaps this is what inspires her to form the Thunderbolts. Hey, that's a pretty good... Hey, Travis, that's actually a pretty good theory. With this, everything that's happening, will all that... Actually, that's a good... Grit. Is the Thunderbolts getting formed a response to, to the Skrull invasion, to everything that's happening right now, to make a team, to make a team to protect the world... Because there are no Avengers, which I remember. And people were like, oh, no, there are Avengers. Like, yeah, but there's no team. We just have individual superheroes. There is no team right now. Which it could very much be why the Thunderbolts get spawned. But that is how this episode ends. That's how this episode ends with Nick Fury off for the present. He leaves Talos. Gravik gets away. Guy, uh, well, Guy was only for, in for about half this episode. She wasn't in the final because she has a conversation with Taylor where they have different ideals. Um, Taylor says the fact that he, you know, you know I, I can strike up a deal with the president and we can um, we can live on Earth and stay. And then Guy's like, why do you want to do that? Don't you want to live in your own skin? And he's like, I do. But, you know, it's not the same. And that's where Guy leaves him. And uh guy leaves him in and she's out for the rest of the episode. So we've only got two episodes left of this show, and the hype train for this is just impending. Uh Travis, uh dude, still loving all these comments. Imagining ghosts appearing, phasing through the skulls, removing the extremists internally, then John Walker just decapitates them. Over. Yeah. Hundred percent. Uh just like in Doctor Strange uh with Wanda with the shield. Last of Captain America and a half. Captain America starts uh, going decapitation, which that's a reference from Brutal Legend. If anyone does remember that game, great game, great soundtrack. I'm down for that. So, yeah, how the major thing is I, to me because we obviously see Nick Fury in the trailer shave his beard, wear his old suit, and gets back into the game. So. I'm guessing that's going to happen on the last episode. But to me, every episode has been an absolute banger and solid. I haven't felt, I haven't felt that that lull. I haven't felt that uh, that dip that a lot of people do talk about. You know, usually episode halfway through, you'd be like, "Oh, this is just like a filler." Like the like Loki, like the Loki episode where they're stuck on the planet. That was a bit of a lull. But I feel like this episode is just keep turning up that drama, keeps turning up the intensity, the back and forth, it's going up, 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 up. It is, it's always a darn shame there's only two episodes left. It's kind of scary, the fact that we've already gone through this many episode, episodes so far. Uh, holy. 
uh, regards to this episode so far. So, but tell me, I would love to know if you're not enjoying this show, if you're not enjoying it, tell me why, what is it? Is it because it's too, it's not connected to everything? Is it because, um, it, because it's different because there's no big superheroes or is it you just feeling that Marvel fatigue? It's just too much. Or I need, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I need to know too much prior going into this and which phases me out. And I completely understand when people do say that, um, they are, cause to Secret Invasion, you still need to have a little bit moving in. But again, when they're making this content, you've been there since day one. You've been you've been there since I ran. You've been there. Uh, Travis again on YouTube. We'll luckily open the final with the government, some with Rhodey, Aiden Ross, and his other scholars being trapped and captured. Yeah, pretty much. Because Rhodey was actually at that ending fight, but he didn't do shit. I think he was just on his phone texting. Oh, my God, everyone was a little bit murdered. Yeah, not doing crap. Um, again, but how is this going to e- end with all the scrolls uh, still on Earth and Gravik? I really hope Gravik doesn't die because he's been such a good villain, but at the same time, Marvel doesn't usually kill people as as easily. Uh, so you never know when Gravik might appear again. Hey, he might be a big bad guy for Fantastic Four. That is a very real opportunity. It, it could be. Um, but no. And before you know it, it's going, before you know it, we're going to be start talking about the Marvels and Echo. That is right around the corner. But that, Secret Invasion, acting, action, and a CGI for this show, especially this episode, has been bloody on point. Chef's Kiss had not seen anything jarring. So Marvel's definitely fixed up a few things. Excuse me. So, moving on, let's go down to a review of Mission Impossible 7. 7, Mission Impossible 7, Part 1, Dead Reckoning. So the Mission Impossible franchise has been going on for... I think the first one was uh, 1999 or 2000. Nearly, obviously, 30 years ago, <laughs> uh, this originally started, and uh, it's just been, holy shit. Uh, oh, uh, it just, it, Tom Cruise has to be, an he is an adrenaline junkie, and, oh, Travis, I really enjoy the show, but the one issue is, is how you feel like a generic Vulu spy show, despite being the MCU, so she was. And historical events in the show are spoken of like our word, not the MCU. Hmm. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's very, yeah, that's very true. Uh, the only memory I have of Mission Impossible was, <laughs> is Ving Rhyme stepping on goat poop. Uh, you look, uh, I, I don't remember that. Uh, but, yeah, the Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible, this, it's one of those franchises that, uh, I wouldn't, I'd like, I like Scream, but I mean, you got, the movies came out, it felt a little bit low, and then just got an injection, and it's just been banger, banger, banger. Like, and when you watch the quality of the films, you do understand what I mean, 
but it's just kept going. And that's obviously a big part with Tom Cruise because he's still pushing the envelope. We need to go higher, further, faster. That was a great MCU uh, <laughs> reference. These are keep pushing the envelope every single time. So what you would have seen in the trailer for this movie is you would have seen the massive stunt where he goes right off uh, of the cliff and does the whole jump. They shot that first in case he died. <laughs> That's how intense. Uh, Travis, to get on the YouTube, absolutely. I bless you, mate. Uh, it, is, it is in the beginning of goes the rock climbing. Oh, Oh, yeah, I think it's come back. Yeah, I think I just barely remember that that climbing scene. Well, I, still Mission Impossible Two. I think it's the lowest rated, or is Mission Impossible Three? One of, one of the biggest things I remember about Mission Impossible Two is that we got an absolute fantastic Metallica song, which is called "I Disappear," which was made for the movie and was so good. And it's one of the most underrated Metallica songs. Um, but yeah, so this movie, the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, has been split into two parts. The second one will begin in June the 28th next year. Unfortunately, like everything else I just mentioned in this episode, it will it is stopped production and have stopped filming because of the strike. The military strike now. Actually, look. <laughs> Uh, has stopped filming, uh, which I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise will not be happy about that because he, yeah, he, as Steven Spielberg said, this man saved cinema. Now, obviously, showing the clocks back one year ago, we got the top, we got uh, Top Gun, which made was the made a shit ton of movie. It would have been the highest grossing movie of all year if Avatar didn't come out. And it made so few people come to the theaters, and, and Tom Cruise made sure that this was not released during uh, all the lockdowns and COVID. Obviously, he would push for it. Now, Tom Cruise is in sixties; he's an adrenaline junkie. So, as every Mission Impossible movie comes out, he's going to keep pushing the envelope every single time. For me. If I was a director or a stunt team, I'd be so afraid. I'm like, what wild thing are you going to do next? That how are we going to uh, like ensure that you don't die? Because I think it's Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol or Fallout. He did all the driving in it because they couldn't find a stunt guy who was better than Tom Cruise during all the driving scenes. What the? Like, holy shit. Like, that's such a wild thing to think about that we can't find a stunt performer better than you. So you do your own stunts. Now, as we've seen, we've seen uh, the rock climbing one. We've seen uh, the helicopter one where he jumps onto that. We've seen where he gets on the airplane and hangs out from it. And this, the jumping scene is the next big thing that he's going to do. But yeah, they shot this first just in case. So, because of COVID and because of being this actually became one of the most expensive movies ever made. It is the most expensive in all the Mission Impossible because inflation costs. Um, he did. Travis, he did. He actually did climb the canyon without, uh, in Mission Impossible 2. He actually climbed that. Uh, he did have, I think he had like a parachute or something on him that was digitally removed just in case if he fell or anything like that. 
but uh, yeah, he did. He, he really climb it. Oh, and I want to say, I want to say Ghost Protocol. I want to say for it's one of those two where he climbs a building in Dubai. Uh, that also one he did in in true. Uh, but yeah, so this movie, this movie was two hundred and ninety one million dollars to make. Uh, out, of, out of part one, part two. And I would also like to thank you very much for Travis for subscribing. Thank you very much. Really do appreciate that. Uh, not all heroes wear tapes. <laughs> and yeah, so this movie is 298 million. Currently, right now, is $122 million at the box office it's made. Now, and say that here's the gut wrenching thing, which I do feel sorry for Tom Cruise. He's this movie will unfortunately come next weekend plummet at the box office. It will it will still make money, but it's going to plummet because of when it's come released. So now, so obviously because of Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan, his 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 relationship with IMAX Mission Impossible will be removed from IMAX theaters come next weekend. So. If all the money he's making right now from this movie, it's about to utterly plummet next week with Barbie and Oppenheimer. So, and for me, I'd be a bit annoyed if I was Tom Cruise, but it's very hard. But at the same time, you did see him put, uh, you did see him, he's got his tickets for Oppenheimer, he's got his tickets for Barbie, he said he will be there. So it's a hard thing. He's he's a massive movie-going fan. He loves it. He doesn't make films, I quote, he doesn't make films for the Oscars, he makes films for entertaining for that uh, film goer who sits in that theater. That one person sits right in the middle. The movie's for you. He's talking to you. He is running for you. Which, my God, he does a lot of running in this movie. He does a lot of freaking running. And it's so funny to watch. It, it's only funny to watch because you realize it, how much he's running. Um... And lost, uh, was it? I just saw Travis. I just saw the report. Eos for it was actually four hundred million, and I lost some hair. Oh well, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, Indiana Jones five, and I don't think Indiana Jones five made its money back. Um, I don't think it made its money back from its box office because Indiana Jones has come out. And boom, Mission Impossible, boom, Barbie, and up and out. It's going, it's going to keep going down. So that's, yeah, that's not looking good for yeah Jones. And it's a hard thing because I'm part of me, it's like you knew this was going to make a shit ton of money for the Anna Jones. Uh, like the fan base is there, but it's not going to be like a blockbuster like Oppenheimer. Or Barbie, it's you're going for a set audience to go watch it, um, which I know, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, Mission Impossible. Now, uh, I, I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Mission Impossible films. This isn't something like I go watch. I'm like, whoa, like uh, I was so excited. Actually, I, potentially, I wasn't actually going to see this uh, until one of my my friends was like, oh, we should go see it, and we're like, okay, actually, you know, let's go see it because I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know doing this but you know just trying to get all the timing but this is the type of movie which is darn shame because you won't be out of time if you see an IMAX if you see on the big screen it is 
It is a massive action movie. This goes from beat to beat to beat all the way through. It has massive set pieces. It's a world film. I did get uh, I did get like John Wick vibes just because of like how it goes around the world and the different set pieces. Like it's a world travel film. Uh, side note, Travis. Uh, the issue with the big franchises like DC and Marvel is they become too steeped in continuality and rebooting that people likely don't know what's happening to, so you don't see them. That's a good point about, uh, to go off slight topic of motion possible, that's a good point which I completely understand why people do. Not to mention the really hard thing is out of both Marvel and DC, DC has done that the worst. DC has alienated an entire uh, fandom. And it's, it's really hard because of what they've done. It's because they've done the reboot, the shifting, ever since to, to 2013 with the Man of Steel. It's really hard. Uh, and because the people see what's happening in DC, you know, the casual fan will look at Marvel and go, oh, you know, it's all it's all the same. You don't know who's going to play next. Us as, the, us as the hardcore fans, we know the difference. But DC has just, it's terrible. Like I, for me, like as a casual, if I was a casual fan watching the DC, it would make no bloody sense to me. I'm like, okay, why did we never get Man of Steel two? Oh, okay, why did we never get this? Or why did we never get that? Or why does Man of Steel? Why does Superman look different? Why is Superman getting recast? Why is there a different person here? What? Uh, this movie set before this, but the movie set before that. No joke. Like that's just that. Like you almost need. A podcast. Ooh, that's this is giving me a great idea. Um, I'll like a YouTube video go like, "Hey, you need to watch this before you go in, go in to watch this movie because it's so up and down." Um, Travis, people like franchises and Mission Impossible is one you can easily jump into, and you don't have to see see a full season. I understand what happened. No, that's right. Mission Impossible is one of those movies that you can just boom dive straight into. Doesn't matter which one you watch, you don't need to know a whole lot about the previous plot, which was just like this. This movie, I could barely remember what happened in Fallout. And this, now I didn't need much exposition. There was a little bit. And this was like, okay, good, going. Don't need to, you can just jump in any time into this franchise. It's, it's in its name. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, go. That's it. Uh, and which is why people all love it and go into this. Uh, and which were, uh, it's terrible, like I said, it's terrible that you're not going to be able to see a full reflection of what this movie's box office could have been. Um, but as this movie does open up, we do get a well, we do get a set piece uh, in the desert with another sandstorm, uh, a good small action piece. Uh, and then we get, uh, oh, sorry, my apologies, I'm going a little bit too further. It opens up with uh travis where people who only saw captain marvel see the trailer for the sequel and see absolutely nothing lined up that's on the original film yeah (laughs) sorry excuse me that's actually right you look at the trailer for captain marvel 2 and be like who are all these other people why is nick fury Ooh, my voice why is nick fury on a space station who's kamala khan who is the other sheila and like, and what is happening? The the only major thing is I think it's still the scrolls and the bad guys that you would know back and forth. Uh, but as Mission Possible opens up, we do get a about a submarine 
have that they do this really cool key trick two keys gold go into this massive dome entity uh massive computer base which they're going to which they have a, a thought that there was a brand new um brand new submarine they were under the arctic circle so they could be detected and you see that other subs coming but subs moving really quickly which is a little bit strange and then as they go to shoot it they, they shot them there's no impact so they all go yay we're all fine we're all good next minute the one they shot comes right full circle and hits them as you can also know what's going to happen to a whole bunch of people on a sub that's been hit by a missile all float to the surface like ice cubes and boom that's how the movie does open it's a tense scene uh trust uh th that's why we're going back to marvel thing is that that's why i think that venom venom to outperform shang chi black widow internals as there's sunsets accessibility that isn't a large well that's right but the, the the problem with saying that is out of all the movies that you just mentioned shang chi black widow internals venom series in quality of the film is below all of them to me uh and that and not not because of the acting but because when you watch the film I felt like, which I, was, I felt like it was chopped up too much. Like you could tell when you got to the end of the movie, like there's a, there has to be a lot of left on the kind of room floor. There has to be a lot of bits and pieces. It was too short. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit wrong on that. You should go back and listen to my episode. Oh, I did my review about it. <laughs> that was a good plug. Um, but yeah, so that's how Mission Impossible opens up. And we also, and this leads up to, we get a good set piece in the desert and a sandstorm uh, with Tom Cruise, Ethan, Ethan Hunt. He's back in he's a potential character. All the returning characters from the previous ones do come back. All the core characters come back. And what it is is that now it's becoming a hunt for these two keys uh, that do split and work in together to control this entity or this super AI that can infect anything that's digital in the entire world and remove it and delete itself like it was never there but do so much damage so it becomes a massive race against time to get these two keys to find it to get to uh the submarine to get to that entity and control it obviously because every major country is going to want to control the world but ethan is the only one who wants to intrude and he's team the only one who's just wants to destroy it which we do find as it's progressing that we do find out that uh, the entity knows this. We also get a character called Gabriel from uh, Ethan's past, which he thought he was dead, which you find out he's not, because of the previous girlfriend. That was a good flashback for that. So, yeah, it's a little bit of context, but they do really good for that to, like, to get you up to speed. Um, so then it becomes a hunt for this key. We get a really good set piece at an airport. Again, uh, which again, Tom Cruise is running at the end of it, but everyone is after Ethan. Everyone, the government's after him. Um, and, uh, he's, he's Gabriel characters after him because of this key. We also get Hayley Atwell who joins the franchise, which to me, I, does not look like she's aged. She does not like she's aged since Cap 1. Um, she does really good in this film. We also get introduced to Mantis. I, don't, I say Mantis, but her name is Mom. She's uh, introduced in this movie. 
she's the MVP of the movie. She does fantastic, and I can't wait. I really do hope that she does come back for the sequel. Uh, her fight scenes were cool. She was deadly in this in this set piece in Venice, uh, which we were seeing in the trailer with her doing the race, uh, the car chase, and Tom Cruise and Helio were in the yellow car, which is really good. Love the dynamic of that as they were uh, handcuffed together. And she is driving this massive truck and she looks like she's enjoying it so much. She's deadly in this movie. And what was weird where I was looking, I was like, I'm like, tweed, sweat out the uh, makeup. Um, I could, I don't think I've seen another movie where she's been in it sensing her in Mantis. But then again, I haven't watched her entire catalog. So this is the next big film I've seen her in. Uh, we get an awesome chase, like chase setup with that, with both uh, palm chasing uh, Ethan and Haley. Uh, the government's chasing them. The American government's chasing them. It's just all really good, really good set piece. Um, because obviously they also find out that Haley Atwell's character Grace is also with Ultimate Thief, which I thought to myself I was like, ah. Oh. Seems very familiar to uh, Anne Hathaway, Catwoman, going, I want a clean slate. Uh, I, you know, I'm wronged. I've been blah, blah, blah. And you be a thief. Like, it sounds so, like, uh, where I was watching, was like, okay, you're a Catwoman. So original, but Haley Atwood kills it. Um, that's a great set piece. And as we continue moving on, we go to this sit down in this, in this party where we get to see all the main characters, all this intense talking scene about the ante, but it does. No one knows what it actually unlocks except for Gabriel, because he seems to be the chosen entity. Uh, and as an entity's chosen, some, uh, child. Um, Travis, uh, the way they did the eyes in the lead about Andrew, the main character, actually looks a lot like Mantis. I'm surprised it wasn't. True. Actually, I didn't even think about the two. Yeah. True. Oh, that was really good. Mantis and a lead about Angel in the same episode. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't even think about that. Uh, but yeah, so we also get this, the party with all the main characters. Now, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I, do, I think you do believe it's Vanessa. Uh, give me one moment. I believe her name is Vanessa, where she plays the white... Yeah, she plays the white widow. And I was like, huh, that doesn't really have the same ring to it as the black widow. They say in the movie that she's the white widow. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound as threatening. Uh, but... Uh, her name is Vanessa Kirby. She is actually reported that she's got the second offer to play uh, the Invisible Woman in the upcoming Marvel's Fantastic Four movie after Margot Robbie. Which, after this movie, I'm like, so, mm -hmm. done. Uh, I will not be dis I will not be disappointed by that um, at all. So we do get this wonderful, we get this wonderful, uh, intense scene, which leads to again, another hunt to the key, which unfortunately, uh, Lisa, Rebecca Ferguson's character does bite the bullet, which the entity predicted that this would happen in the movie. Spoilers, 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 which I said earlier, can't hold it against me. Uh, which then we understand why she died because the entity knows that Ethan's going to want to kill Gabriel because of it, and Gabriel's the only one he knows about the sub. 
So if Gabriel dies and, and no one has the keys, and then he can rule, rule, and do whatever it wants without being killed. So that's a really good intent. That, that's uh, very like full probability. Fortunately, yes, she does die. Uh, which is still a very tense scene, and by this point, this, we've already got the third running of Sean Cruz. It's almost not a running, he's sprinting, like, he's sprinting his heart out in this movie. It is ridiculous. Which, after all this, relates to... Uh, Travis, I've been saying it for years, but Keegan, Michael K as Silver Surfer, would be good. Uh, oh. uh real quick. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was like, who is his name? But yeah, uh, Kim okay is still a surfer. I could see that. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. It's like Fantastic Four, the rise of Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer, was, to me, was done so well. The CGI was crisp for how, obviously, that type of character... That was that was pretty good, um, but yeah. So this leads into a train heist, if you will, scene. Which I was funny. I was watching it. I was like, "Huh, I've watched two movies back to back with a train heist." I was half expecting in the fight scene someone to go Ethan, and then uh, Gabriel to get hit by one of those pipes over a train. That <laughs> uh, was fully expecting that. So. Gabriel, obviously, in the type of person he is, goes and kills the drivers and hangs the guy up by the whistle rope. So the fact that he he had still hear the whistle go off, so no one thinks the wiser. That was a bit. I was like, oh, that's a bit rough, <laughs> rough. Uh, which we get into side scene, which we see Haley uh, Grace take on the mask and puts on for the uh, the White Widow. To get the key. Uh, now, as this as this continues on, Ethan's struggling to get onto the t- onto the train, which we do get to see the impressive stud that's performed, which is crisp and looks fantastic. Well worth the watch. It could be an argument that it would be nice not to see that in the trailer, but you know, it's what puts butts in the seats, especially a scene like this. Uh, the train's obviously not slowing down; it's speeding up. And there was no trace for the other half of both the two keys. Now, the American government's there. The American government's there uh, trying to get the other key. We do see the the, uh, director, uh, which unfortunately he does uh, not last too long. Gone, thanks to Gabriel. Which thing Gabriel also does go stab, uh, stabs uh, Mantis. That's uh, Mantis as well because he's like, oh, you'll betray me because you got and he tell me that you're gonna tell Ethan, which was very full one. It's definitely like this movie for super AI deadly, perfect time to drop with the rise of Chat TTP and all of that. So perfect timing, uh, and obviously this this scene continue uh, continues to raise up stakes. We get a good fight scene between Gabriel and Ethan on top of the train. Which Gabriel does get away. However, there was a lot of hand magic in this movie. Now, you think I'm silly, but I'm not. There was hand magic from Grace. There was hand magic from Tom Cruise, and uh, and it was yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of hand magic in this movie for some reason. Just for this, just for this key. Um, 
the Christmas party. Oh, yeah, oh, actually, no, I lied. That's a great point, Travis. That this is actually the third movie in a row with a train scene because the Cross the Spyverse also had it. Um, but you're right, it was a typical dream between Spider Man across the Spyverse, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. I wonder if there will be a train scene in Barbie and Oppenheimer. There, there you go. <laughs> um, I have no doubt. Uh, and Gabriel gets away and realizes the fact that he didn't have the key because Ethan did the old switcheroo, gets the key. Um, and we have a really cool set piece where the bridge explodes, as you would know, in a train, train ice kind of situation. Um, and we get some really cool shots with both uh, Tom Cruise and Haley trying to get up through the train because it's hanging over the bridge um, as all falling into the ravine, which made me think of Back to the Future 3. Uh, and you will know why, again, in a train high scene. Uh, and as they survive that, uh, Mantis is still alive, which as the entity predicted, she told Tom, uh, she told Ethan about where the sub is and what the sub, what it does. So, boom, that's how the, so I was, and, uh, Grace joins, um, the American government basically to be another agent. Now, uh, now into this now, that's how the movie ends. Now, for me, I originally thought the fact that potentially the keys would be split up again, everyone would know where the location is, it becomes a, a race. Uh, but no, John Cruise has the keys. He knows where it is, and um, Gabriel doesn't. So it's going to be like there wasn't like there wasn't a really big cliffhanger. Or set up, if you will, like across the Spyverse to lead into the second one. Be like, oh my god, what's going to happen? They're both the keys. It's going to be a race. Or, you know, Gabriel's got the keys and now it's going to be, again, become a race. I wasn't expecting Tom Cruise to have the keys at the end. I was like, okay. I guess, I guess that makes it exciting for the next one. Like, okay. Um, sure. Uh, why not? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a year until the next movie comes out. You know, this, this is the second movie this year. That's a part one and part two, but the, the cliffhanger for Spy Across the Spyverse is a lot bigger than going into this movie, uh, for Mission Impossible. You're always at the end of this movie, a bit like, oh, okay. The hero is half one, three quarters one. The hero lost. Obviously people died, but you're a bit like the hero, like, how can I describe this? Not to the same degree, but like Infinity War. All the heroes lost. There was everyone lost. No one's gonna win. Um, same with Cross Spider-Verse. The heroes lost, the heroes in the corner. How's how's he gonna get out of it? That's not yeah, that's really not where it's at. All it is right now is the government's still after Tom. But he's got both the keys, he's still got half his team, three quarter of his team. So the the weight, I would say the weight going into the second one isn't as high. It hasn't got that big what if. Uh, it's yeah, it's the years of part one. Actually, no, it's the years of part one because we got we do get the June Dune. I don't care how you how you mention it. That part two is coming out this year, which I I can't remember what release date it is. <laughs> uh, June Dune part two. Uh, Doom Part 2, that's coming out November. Uh, that's coming in November for 
June, June. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Not going to say anymore, but uh, we finally you do, you do get part two for that as well. But overall, Mission Impossible, acting on point, action, stunts. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, that's right. Good point, Travis. Fast X was a part one. Totally forget about Fast and Furious. I wish I had totally forgot that that's a, that we Yeah. Yeah, Fast and Furious. Totally forgot about that. But yeah, it is the year for part ones. Which I can't believe that. That's a, yeah, that's right. That's the third part one this year. Uh, that seems to be becoming more popular now, doing the split in the film. You know, when you hear it before, you're like, oh, wow, two parts. Now it's becoming more popular. Uh, but yeah, Master Impossible stunts, acting. Returning characters, love it, love it, love it, love it. Intensity up. My gripe is you probably could have, like, I don't know, trimmed the fat probably about for 20 minutes from the whole film. And my gripe is that the weight going into the part two isn't there. Like, the big, like, I can't wait to part two. It's almost like, yep, I can wait. I can, there's no rush. I can, I can wait, which very well right now you are going to have to wait because it is going to be delayed. So that's my review for Mission Impossible. If you haven't already, do go definitely check it out. If you want an action film and you just want just a blast, point to point, a great action set, you will not be disappointed, except for the ending. But no, I'm really not disappointed. Just, you just might, might be like a, oh yeah, can't wait for the next one in that particular thing. Um, but, though. No. So definitely, what do you think of Mission Impossible 2? Do you think it was a great film? Are you excited for the second one? How do you feel about all the delays? How do you feel about... uh, How do you feel about the current with the writer strike? Now, hopefully, again, Travis, hopefully next year isn't a year of part twos that did... Oh, God, that sounds awful. Hopefully, next year isn't the year of the part twos that didn't happen. Oh, God. Very potentially, it might. Um, but look, that, that might be happening. That might come soon. So, as always, thank you very much for everyone tuning in for this episode. And thank you very much for his commented, like. Thank you very much for Travis for popping by and staying for as long as you have. And thank you for subscribing. Uh, hopefully I'll see you in the next one. And as always, everybody, until next time, happy rant. Thanks for listening to Lights, Camera, Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting. Happy ranting.